Hey guys, this is Pancho Moller. I play Sickhead, Sebastian, and Dr. Death, and you're listening to the Hellhounds of Horror. Rock and roll! Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Hellhounds of Horror. I hope everyone is doing fantastic out there today. Uh, we got a great interview for you today. So we do have Mr. Poncho Moeller in the podcast. I would say in the house, but he is in the podcast. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Poncho Moeller. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so there's not much you can do other than stay home and hang out with the family. So that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Awesome. And yeah, that's pretty much what I've been doing. I work from home. So um, that's pretty awesome. And of course, you know, I've got the family here. Uh, my dog sitting in the background taking a nap. So yeah, um, I got yeah. my dog underneath my table here. It's a bulldog, <laughs> so You'll probably hear him start snoring pretty soon. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> I got a pit bull. So mine snores pretty loud, too. So they'll have some com- he'll have some competition here in a little bit. <laughs> Cody is one yeah. of the coolest dogs I've ever ever had the pleasure of eating man he's he's super cool uh david's actually in texas uh i'm in canada i'm in uh ontario uh originally from scotland so okay good to know good to know i was wondering where you know like i i could sense i could sense canada but i wasn't sure until i heard you just say scotland right yeah I, i think i've lived here too long and now sound like i'm sort of part canadian because I'm, because I'm now seeing, I'm now seeing sorry, sorry about that, sorry about that. Uh, uh, actually, a horror convention. I think it was in like either Edmonton or Calgary, like right after the pandemic hit, and mm-hmm. then they were like every convention just got shut down. I was very excited to go to that one though because I hear the fans are awesome there, and I wanted to go meet them, and wow. I guess the pandemic screwed everything up. <laughs> I know. I know. We're, we're hoping for the day that we can get back to conventions again. And, yeah, um, I know. I miss them, man. I, I have a blast at them. So uh, yeah, man. We 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 always have a blast. Our our sort of regular haunt is uh, Texas Frightmare Weekend. That's where we usually go. One of the first conventions I ever did. It was actually the third convention I ever did because the first two were before Thirty One even came out. There was one in Chicago and then one in. Another place where that no one even knew who I was yet because I hadn't really done anything like to do with horror yet. Right. And so the Texas uh, Frightmare was the first convention I did where 31 was already out. And what was cool about that one was the whole cast was there, except Rob and Sherry, but like right. everybody else was there. So it was really cool to reunite with everyone out there and, you know, represent our movie that just came out. It was awesome. Of course. Yeah. I think actually, um, we have another uh, co-host with us. He's from Texas as well. And he actually went to that same convention. Um, wow. And I believe they did uh, an interview with uh, Josh Hasty um, oh, yeah. talking about uh, candy corn at the time. Nice, nice, nice. They were, uh, they were doing that. And they, they had like a like an in-room interview that they had where they were picking up the movie. And that sort of started the, uh, the sort of whole convention run for promotion of candy corn, which was... Yeah. Uh, really, really, I think such a a great tool to utilize, which Josh did really well. But yeah, well, if it wasn't for thirty one, I would have never met Josh, and I would have never done candy corn, you know. So it was uh, it was it was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely, sure. absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's a really cool thing because uh, I believe thirty one thirty one was your first feature. Is that is that right? Yeah, yeah. I I I've done some other stuff, but it was that was like my first like really big thing that like mm. kind of um that put me on the map just as far as horror goes and as far as working with like an iconic director mm. such as rob so that was uh it was great fantastic and, I, and what was it like meeting rob for the first time what was it like oh, man, i mean i listened to his music and i watched his movies i was really into his movies already but, you know, it's like you watch him on stage and watch him perform. I had no idea what kind of director I was. You think he's going to be insane, you know, because <laughs> he's a personality at a Rob Zombie concert. And you're like, this guy's crazy. 
You know, he's like jumping, doing flips, just screaming out of the top of his lungs. But as far as like working on 31, I mean, I was, it was one of those things where I auditioned for it. I was actually the only dude that auditioned for the movie because he recycles his actors. You know, if he really likes you, he uses you again. He trusts you, you know, you guys got a chemistry. So he already kind of had an idea of, who uh, uh, who the characters were going to be, what talent he was going to use, but he needed to find this other like kind of special, special little dude, you know? So <laughs> uh, I auditioned for it. It was a fun audition. And then I ended up just getting the part. But was what was funny is when I was auditioning for it, I had no idea what the fuck I was auditioning for because it was one of those things where it was like untitled director, you know? And then the name of the project was Beethoven 666. That's like, what was the name of Whoa. the project? So, and then like the, and then like the script was insane. It was gnarly, you know, I had, so I just went in there, kind of just made a choice and, and did my thing. And then I ended up like uh, getting the call. I didn't even get a call back. It was just uh, my agent called me and was like, Hey, so that movie that you went out for, you booked, um, and it is a Rob Zombie movie. And I was just like, oh, my God, are you kidding me? Are you serious? <laughs> the biggest thing I've ever done. You know, like, this is going to be awesome. I can't wait, you know. And uh, and then that was when, like, I just knew that I was a clown. You know, you 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 read the script. There's all these insane clowns. It doesn't right. really describe, like, what they're wearing or, like, their wardrobe or any of that. And so the next step was, like, to go in for like a fitting and at the fitting Rob was there at the fitting and I got to meet him and he, I, that's when I realized how mellow he was and just right. chill and when I met him at the 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 um the fitting he was like okay we had all kinds of ideas for like what we were gonna we want all the clowns to be different you know and for your clown we we were gonna have you like in a tutu and then we were gonna have you wearing this like what uh what Deathhead was wearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was, yeah, yeah. was going to say Deathhead. And, and then he's like, but then we decided to give that outfit to this other guy because he looked really funny and he's super mm -hmm. tall. Yep. And we we're going to dress you up like a Nazi Hitler clown. How do you feel about that? I was like, yes, this is awesome. Like, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm no racist by no means, but if I get to impersonate a character on, on the big screen, why not impersonate one of the mass murderers of all time, you know? Exactly. And, and do my little take on it. And so I was stoked. I was happy and I was excited. And then it was just baby steps till then, you know, then you got your fitting down, you got your outfit ready to go. And then the next big thing was um, going into the, um, the lighting test where the lighting test on screen is um, basically what they do before. Like they want to see how the lights are going to hit the character. Right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. scenes of how they're shooting them because they were shooting them really dark right and they wanted to see how like the makeup was going to look against uh, 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 uh with the light you know and so um as we were you know i got all my makeup on i'm in character i'm ready to go you know i, I as we're like walking to the lighting test after i got my my makeup on and we're ready to go he's just stoked he's excited he's jewish you know him you know right, that, right? yeah yeah, yeah he's yeah. looking at this dude dressed like hitler and he's just so excited and just like oh my god people are gonna freak out people are gonna freak out because no one knew no one knew like what wardrobe like the producers didn't know no one knew what he was gonna have set up like as far as like what the clowns were gonna look like everyone right. was like they were all gonna look creepy you know but there was like a specific reason for every clown. And so I show up and I'm wearing a giant swastika on my chest. And like, there's like 50 producers in the room. The whole cast is there because everyone's doing a lighting test. And people are just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't, like they don't know what to say. <laughs> like, and then yeah. I was just like, yep, that's what I wanted. I wanted that shock value, you know, but as we're like walking there, you know, we're getting to know each other and he's looking at my resume. He's like, He's like, yeah, hmm, this is, you've done some stuff, you know, that's cool. You used to be a skateboarder. He's like, it says down here, like it, with your languages that you can speak Spanish. He's like, is that true? I'm like, yeah, that's actually my first language. I'm from Santiago, Chile. That's where I was born, you know, born, born and raised. And then I moved to the States when I was like about eight years old. So you can speak Spanish pretty well. He's like, I was like, yeah, of course. He's like, all right, well, for this lighting test, you know, no pressure on you, but I just... I want you to do all your dialogue in Spanish. 
And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, shit, <laughs> God, I didn't lie on my resume. I know, right? As people lie, you know, and then they're totally? like, out and they're like, oh, I actually can't do a British accent. I yeah, exactly. So um, he's like, I want you to do all your dialogue in Spanish, you know? And, and then I was like, I was thinking of the dialogue. I still knew it in my head. And I was like, okay, yeah, that certain things will work when you translate them. And then certain things you got to just switch them around as far as from English to Spanish and vice versa. Right. Mm -hmm. So then like, I'm in front of the camera, you know, I'm in front of the camera, you know, the, all the cast is there, all the producers are there. Everyone's just like waiting, you know, and Rob's like, all right, action, you know, and, and all, and I start like thinking in my head, I start getting in my head of like, you know, like, shit, how do I do this? I don't want to, I don't want to offend him. If like, you know, I change the dialogue around, right. you know, because he's a writer as well. And sometimes sure. you, when you ad lib or, or switch the dialogue around, they get really offended. It's super disrespectful, you know? Mm -hmm. I was just like, I looked around and I'm like, none of these people can speak Spanish. No one is going to know what I'm saying. So I'm just going to wing it. And I just go, oh, fuck, dude. And I just <laughs> the worst fucked up shit ever. You know, and I have emotion going. I'm like just laughing and just fucking like crying. And just like, it was intense, you know, and that emotion is going. And then there, it, it's just like, I'm in my own world. And I can just see Rob in the background, like, you know, just, just. Just loving it. And then as soon as he yells cut, he walks up to me. And there, it's just silent, you know. And you walk, <laughs> dude. We're changing all your dialogue to Spanish. That was some fucked up shit, man. Holy shit! And I was like, and I was, I was, uh, I'm like, good. I did something good. I impressed this, this dude. I totally look up to, and I, I think he's a legend and an amazing director, and I always yes. wanted to work with. So that was my experience. How, how somewhat sick head came to be wow <laughs> that is amazing and <laughs> and in in my in my notes uh i did read about this very early on when uh 31 was sort of just filming and stuff like that um i read it somewhere that you were given all these all this extra dialogue or your lines were changed due to the fact that you spoke spanish and rob zombie loved that and i thought that was an amazing part to the character because you expect yes. that when you come out with the swastika you expect like a some disrespectful like uh, e either german or like redneck american accent you would think and then it's all coming out in spanish i thought it was i thought it was fantastic that was the icing on the cake yeah yeah no no and you know the cool thing about that guys is you know I, being an actor you know a lot of things like you know have to make sense to me like they got to be for sure in mm. the, it was somewhat gimmicky character but it still has to make sense to me what i'm saying why would a German be speaking Spanish? You know, a German Hitler clown mm -hmm. speaking Spanish. And, you know, other than the fact that it was just fun anyway. But you, you, we all create our own inner monologues of origin stories of where this, like, character came from. And totally. my idea was, like, you know, the Dr. Joseph Mangella, which was the angel of death, Dr. Mm -hmm. Hitler's okay. doctor, you know. Right. They were in Auschwitz, and they were always trying to create the superior race, right? Mm -hmm. And they, so they were doing experiments and fucking tortures on all these people, you know, and trying to create this race that was, you know, just not going to happen. But at the same time, when the war, the war ended, they never they never knew like whether they caught this doctor, you know. And then a lot of the 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 the, the Nazis they all migrated to places like Spain. They also yeah. migrated to South America, like uh, they migrated migrated to Chile, where I'm mm -hmm. from. They migrated to Argentina, you know, it was a huge community down there. So my idea was just like that. This is where I started to have fun with it. And I was just like, what if Dr. Joseph Mangiela, like, you know, got away, right? You know, they never killed him. And he, and he ended up in Chile or Argentina, you know, where they speak Spanish. And he was just kind of like fascinated with like, <laughs> you know, like these experiments and, and making people super hateful. And he was just like, saw some little dude on the street that was like getting the shit beat out of him and, and he's just like hey come here dude like you know let's let's be friends and you know and then slowly he just started brainwashing him doing electric shock yeah. therapy on him and then just created this fucking evil bastard and i was like that works for me that's you know, like, sick yeah. yeah there you go so that's how um so that that's how that came to be and it, it was just a fun fun experience you know absolutely it, it looked fun like even just watching it as a as a horror fan you can see when 
actors are having fun. You can feel that because everything just flows. The chemistry's all there. Everything flows perfectly. It's velvety smooth. And then it just comes out with such a great end product. And yeah, awesome, man. And what was also crazy to me too is like I had never met all the other actors before, you know, being that mm. I'd never been in a Rob Zombie film. And the first scene, like usually films aren't shot in order, you know, like sometimes you'll shoot like the ending first, you know. Right. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, or like whatnot. And um, this film was definitely, at least my stuff was shot pretty much in order. So the first introduction scene, was the the scene I shot and I was super and especially because I'm with the whole cast and I got to say the worst things to all of them you know as they're tied up and 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 uh, as, even with Sherry you know saying some awful shit to Sherry like I want to fuck you and you know and all this shit and Rob's like I don't know I don't know what you're saying just keep doing it because it sounds good you know <laughs> I'm like you sure you don't want to know what I'm saying to her <laughs> But just, I want to kill you. And, you know, this is how I'm going to kill you. This is right. and just saying the worst things, awful, hateful shit, which really worked for the character because he was just out of his mind. But yeah, so that was my introduction. And I was really nervous. So I, I just didn't know, like, like whether I was doing it right or, or how it was looking. And with these movies, they're, they're low budget movies. You know, you don't get a lot of takes, you know, and if you and if you ruin it, they're just moving. So that's when Rob was like, cut, cut, cut. He walked up to me and he was just like, what's wrong? I'm like, I'm fucking nervous, dude. Nervous. Like, I, I, you know, like, I'm, I'm saying this horrible stuff to all these people. No one, you know, no, I, I, I don't know. I'm dressed like a fucking Nazi. Like, he's like, dude, he's like, this is what you signed up for. This is why I love you. He's like, just take your time with everybody. Just take your time. This is your moment, man. If it looks good, we will not cut, but just take your time with each person. Let them know how you feel and what you want to do. You know, it's just like what we talked about before. And I was like, that was just like a huge weight off my shoulders because like, you know, he's a director that gives their his actors their freedom to do what they're going to yeah. do. And why he, that's why he hired him. And as soon as that happened, I just, I just like, just fell in the character. Like, and it was just awesome. It was like the raddest feeling as I've worked with people before. And it's like, I've worked on TV. Like I worked on American horror story and like, they're just, there's no room for that. You know, a director, they're not nice people. They're, it's not that they're nice people, but they got to get shit done. Of course. And they're dealing with thousands, like hundreds of actors, you know, it's not like a movie where they can somewhat take their time. They got to get shit done. They got a schedule. And if you don't, pull the job off they're just never going to hire you again and you you could be blackballed from the industry not blackball but like blackball from the year right yeah 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 you don't want to get that rep so i i'm glad that that was able to happen with rob where he kind of like gave me that freedom to like kind of just do what i do and and, and just have fun with it because at the end of the day that's what it was was just pure fun and i mean that's that's just it speaks volumes of how he is as a director and how he is as a as a human being at the end of the day as well because he's he's there to to lift you up and elevate his vision and it makes total sense that he would be like that way and I mean everyone like you said before he he seems like this crazy guy that's like swinging around and jumping and all stuff but no no he's he, he's great man I mean he gave me he gave me my start he gave me my chance you know we're we're all always kind of hoping that someone sees that in us and I was able to get that opportunity with Rob, which was great because then I was able to not have to audition for his next movie. You know, I was just offered the role, which was, which was completely different, you know, contrast wise as opposed mm -hmm. to Bastion and Sickhead, but and it was a great opportunity and, you know, and here we are. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned there, uh, your first days sort or of, uh, working with everyone on set um, some of the most notable names from from 31 are the likes of Meg Foster, Malcolm McDowell, uh, Lou Temple, E.G. Daly. Like, what what was uh, was there any sort of cool stories that you have from from meeting these people? Like the likes of um, Malcolm or, I mean, Malcolm just worked on literally like one day on right. 31. He was mm -hmm. just called in last minute. I don't know who that role was offered to, or maybe it was I. But like. Malcolm came in that day to shoot that scene with us, like, you know, and all the other actors and he was doing a shtick. And it was, like I said, it was like 
one of those things. Uh, I, I walked out and she was just horrified of me. <laughs> but he saw the, the cool experience, the cool thing about Malcolm is he just, he's an actor, you know, he's a seasoned actor and he just kind of went with it. And after the scene, you know, after that scene, like he walked up to me and he's like, listen, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> British accent. I have no idea what the fuck you said out there, but it was amazing, you know. And it was, uh, uh, it was. It, he was just like, it was captivating, and wow, like that was impressive, you know. To and and that to me, you know, was just like it. It was. It was a stroke of my ego. I ain't gonna lie, because that Malcolm McDowell is another seasoned actor, who's mm-hmm. a legend, you know, in acting and in the game, and you know to. To, to get told something like that from from someone like him, it, it felt good. And, you know, I, I knew that I did my job right. And that was, it was just so nice. It was so kind of him. He didn't have to do that, you totally. know. And he came up and, and he just went out of his way to do that. And then he just went and got his makeup off and left, you know. <laughs> he, like, because he was, like, his it, where he had to leave was over here. Like, over right. here and he uh-huh. on, on, like, on the balcony. So he came down the balcony and he he was right by his room already and i was all the way over here like with like some of the other people like like you know and he like went out of his way to walk over wow. here and, and and tell me that and I, I was i just thought that was so kind and nice and i was so appreciative you know you you need to hear that sometimes you know totally. you i mean obviously you know whether you're good or not but sometimes it's good to hear as well absolutely i agree with you and i can hear malcolm mcdell saying Everything you just said in my head, I can hear him say it. Silky British accent. And as far as the other actors, I mean, because Malcolm uh, or cause the uh, Malcolm were just like really far apart in age, but some of the actor, the other actors, like we just became like lifelong friends. Like me and Jeff Daniel Phillips are friends. Me and Meg Foster, you know. She's like, uh, at one time we had the same manager, convention manager, so we were always traveling together. Right. She always gave me, she always like fed me chocolates on the plane and shit. Like she was, she was like my grandma, you know, she would be like, you want some candy? You want some candy? Cause she always has candy. And she would always give me candy. I'm like, yeah, give me some candy. And we just became really good friends. I, I love Meg and, and then Richard Brake as well. You know, that in my experience that that's worth a lot more than anything is just like creating a lifelong friendship with, with like people that are very talented and people that, you know, like, believe in you just as much as you believe in yourself and then off the back of uh of 31 it, like you mentioned legend to the role of sebastian from from three from hell um w- what was that like sort of stepping into the, the the trilogy it was a lot of pressure just because you know you want to you want to be able to, to for me devil's rejects is my favorite one out of all of them you know and i i feel i always felt like it was going to be hard to top that 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 second epi- that's that second film, you know, because House yeah. of the Thousand Corpse was was awesome too, but the uh, the Devil's Rejects was just like on another level, yeah. at least for me. And I was like, I don't know, especially like knowing like ahead of time that Sid wasn't doing so so hot, and he wasn't really gonna be in it as much as as much. It was just uh, it, it was because kind of, to me, like for me, like Sid. Uh, Bill Mosley and and Sherry were that movie, you know, like they're 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 just yeah. amazing. Not and not nothing against Richard Bray because he was fucking fantastic, and it and, and Three from Hell and and as Doomhead, he was just phenomenal. It was another level, you know. He made that movie, so but it was just you know it was just one of those things where like ah you know so I'll, I'll go and give it my best, but like it was also one of those things that felt good because uh the role was offered to me and at the end of the conversation rob was like hey so got this character that i wrote for you it's to my trilogy three uh to to the house of a thousand corpses and the devil's rejects it's going to be called three from hell i got this character you're this that the town painter and you know mexico and you're you got a really kind heart and you're basically like the like the like the savior of the movie and also like you know you're like the the, the heart of the movie and i was like what i'm like really wow. you don't want me to be like something like sick head you know you know like, <laughs> like no no I, let's see let, let's let's test your acting chops you know rob always rob talks like that sometimes you know let's see if you got chops you know to, to do that 
I was like, all right, cool. And so, and he's like, and by the way, uh, how long is your beard? I'm like, I don't know. I don't really have any facial hair right now. He's like, well, you got two months to grow some, you know, we want <laughs> you to have a really big beard. So that was awesome. And, um, you know, I, I kind of saw like the, that's when you started doing fittings for it and kind of getting he for the Sebastian's characters, he made the pants, you know, with the flames at the bottom and all that. Right. Like he's got something to do with everything. He's got a little piece of everything with with all the characters like in their wardrobe, which is pretty awesome. Like that's how close to it he is. Right. And, you know, and getting to work with like other people and getting to work with my friends again was, was such a cool experience and meet like Bill Mosley. And like, you know, there wasn't a table read for for three from hell. It was kind of you just went in and shot, you know, and uh, the the first scene I shot, that one was shot out of order. But the first scene, scene I shot in Three from Hell was where, like, I run into the room where Bill Mosley's character is, like, in his fucking tidy whities <laughs> And he's with the two hookers, right? Right. And I'm like, warning them that, like, the Black Satans are coming. They're coming. The Black Satans are coming. And this motherfucker thought that he was being punked. You know what I mean? Like he had no idea who Sebastian's character. We had never met. I'm like this grimy dude that's coming in with the eye patch and a long beard. He was like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know? And because in the movie, we've already met, you know what I'm saying? Right. So he thought he was being punk and Rob had to like cut the whole thing. And it's like, oh, cut, cut. He's like, Bill, this is Sebastian. Sebastian, this is Bill. You guys are in the scene together. Bill's like, oh, fuck. All right. Like, you know, and he's in his tidy whiteies and stuff. And then we shot that whole scene where, like, they come in and they, they're blasting the place up. And it was just fun to work with him. He's a he's a fun guy, man. Yeah, there's there's been some just amazing stories of uh, of Bill Mosley from, from everyone that we've had the pleasure of meeting. Everyone's met him at a convention. Uh, him and Kane Hodder are the, the convention favorites. Everyone has a really cool badass story. That's that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> that was, and that was your first scene working. Yeah, on. that was my first first, first time. Was, yeah, and uh, my introduction to Bill Mosley. So it was, I believed I met him at convention at a convention before. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely met him, but like, I didn't have the long hair and the beard and the giant scar and <laughs> the eye patch, fucked up teeth. So. Yeah. Yeah, I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> it was like, didn't you read the script? Describes <laughs> it, dude. <laughs> just rocked up. Oh yeah. Well, it was fun though. It was a it was a great experience, and just doing the whole movie was such a a fun part because and like from what I've seen, like in like The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses, especially with Sherry's character crazy she's out of her mind you know as as that character and there's very few parts of the movies where you kind of get to see like her her human side you know like when she's like with her her brother like her her brother tiny or, yeah. or like you know like her or with her mother you know you kind of see like a human okay she's part of a family and then besides that she's just nuts she's crazy like you know you don't want to like uh cross paths with her and so and doing the scene that we shot, you know, where we're smoking a joint and I bring her food and stuff. I feel like she brought something out of me that like was unexpected. And I was able to bring something out of her that was like, you know, some kind of heart, some kind of kindness from her. That was really, really rad. Like it, it, it just like I went to the premiere of it, you know, and the premiere was just filled with like celebrities and just all kinds of people. And it was so rad in that part. Because like, you know, she's like, you remind me of my brother Tiny and this and that. And she's like, you're not horrible. You're beautiful. And everyone was like, oh, the whole theater was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. like it, it was just so it was cool, man. It was it was rad. It was a cool experience. For sure. And and it's it's so funny you said that again. I've, I've noted this and I've said it before on an episode of our podcast that particularly that scene in Three from Hell uh, with you and Baby. And you're having that heart to heart, like that. That scene just moved me entirely. It was, it was so. It brought that human side to the character of a baby that no one had seen before, and yeah. I, it was incredible. And I honestly wanted to congratulate you on that because that was just a fine yeah. piece of acting, honestly, if I've ever seen one. Awesome! Thank you so much. It was, it was fun to like see Rob be able to 
I, I mean, I don't think he necessarily brought that out of us because a lot of that was just improvised. We were just mm. kind of in the moment, you know, and as a human being in real life, Sherry is just such just a giver. She is just so nice. She's got so much heart. And it was almost like she let that slip out Yeah, in that scene. But then it worked. You know what it I did. mean? Because so, then as soon as she goes back with her brothers and and, and Richard Brake's character, Foxy, she's fucking out of her mind where they're both <laughs> like, oh, is she okay? Like, she's fucking crazy. It's like, oh, yeah, Jill got to her, you know? like <laughs> when, when you're at home at night um, watching horror movies or, or any kind of movies on TV, what would you say is like your go-to snack when you're watching movies? Kettle corn. <laughs> kettle corn? Oh, man, I oh, love kettle corn. Nice. I love kettle corn, popcorn too, but yeah, m- mostly kettle corn and and yeah, that's that's pretty much about it. Like chips too, you know. But my go-to is definitely kettle corn. Just easy. We always have that. We'll go to Costco and do just a run, like you know, for the month, and then grow. We go to Costco like once a month to do like a a, a run for like all the bulk stuff. Cause right, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to go into these stores that are super massive and super crowded no all the time, you know? So we try to keep that to a minimal and right. get everything we need. And then we'll go to like the grocery store once a week and get like the stuff that we're going to eat for the week. Right. And nice. nice. And, and chill. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, man. I, I love that, that sweet corn aspect because um, what I do is, is I get, the, the normal buttery popcorn, but I'll get the goobers because they're chocolate covered peanuts and just dunk them in there and just oh, really? swish it all around. Yeah, I love that. It's messy, but I love it. Yeah, I bet, man. Yeah, it's really good. Don't be touching the remote after you stick your hand in <laughs> That's the only thing. You can't touch nothing afterwards. You, you can't touch nothing. In your lips like a <laughs> and then you always forget that uh you always forget the napkins too. That's that's the worst part. And then you're just like, ah, oh, well, I got my shirt. Nobody's gonna see me. So you just do the thing where you just wipe your wipe your hand on your shirt. Oh, yeah. And I also feel like, you know, popcorn and kettle corn are like one of the, the foods that like you have your hand in the bag already. Even it like with your mouth is full, you're still chewing, you know, you already have your You've already got, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> exactly. You haven't even finished swallowing the uh, the other load in your mouth. You've already got it ready to go. <laughs> I, I just discovered uh, this past Christmas, uh, Mike and Ike's. Do you guys have Mike and Ike's? Yeah. I love Mike Yeah, they're good. The hot I, tamale, I love them. I haven't tried the hot tamale ones yet, but I just recently discovered Mike and Ike's. So oh, those aren't a th- those aren't a thing in the UK. So okay. that, in my defense, and they looked like they tasted like licorice, and I was like, ah. So I got them in my stocking and I tried them, and I'm addicted. And now every time I go to the store, I'm like, really yeah. good. the hot tamale ones too. That you'll enjoy those as well. Hell yeah! I just go to Dollar Tree and they've got all the different flavors, and I'm like, oh. So Dude, you, I you saw the hot tamale about, ones. You got to tell them about the coffee crisp, man. Oh, coffee crisp. Uh, coffee crisp is i think it's canadian only uh but it's like a little wafer and it's got like a coffee cream on each layer so it's uh four or five wafers like caked on top of each other and it's dipped in chocolate and that sounds good small glass of milk and a little coffee crisp it feels like you're having a coffee oh that sounds good it's pretty it's pretty gnarly so i went to texas they're called coffee crisp huh coffee crisp yeah it's kind of like a chocolate covered sugar wafer, but the the cream in the middle is the coffee cream. Yeah, no, that sounds delicious. I love oh. coffee. So. Oh yeah, coffee's yeah. the one of the only ways I've been surviving this, this <laughs> pandemic. It's just coffee, coffee, coffee. It's so bad, but oh. it's crazy. It's really bad all over the place too. Like you know, I have my friend. Uh, it's my friend Stephen and my friend like Lee that live in. Um, they live in England and they're like on the like fourth tier, like where they can't even leave, you know, it's just, yeah. It's awful. Rough. Oh, man. So yeah, people, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where like, no wonder things aren't getting better and you can't just blame it on them, but it's like, just stay at home. Like, it's fine. Just like follow the rules, stay at home. Let's see if this can work out. You know, I've got like a whole mask collection now. I've got all these different masks that I can wear for every day of the week. I've got horror masks. I've got like little flannel oh, masks, medical masks. Yeah, I got this gnarly one. It's uh, Chucky from Child's Play all over the mask. But oh, really? It's the loop part is like super stiff. 
right? Because it was like homemade through Etsy. Oh, start to hurt your ears after so a while. It, like r- it pushes my ears forward and like rips the back of my ears, but it's, <laughs> it's cool as shit. So there's probably I I, I bet you anything. There's probably uh, sick head face masks and there's probably Sebastian face masks and probably Doctor Death face masks as well. That would be say. awesome if there was uh, Twisty the Clown face mask. Half American yeah. story. Mm-hmm. That'd be a good one. I, I feel like there is someone in Etsy that makes those type of masks, where it's yeah. like the the, the face. Yeah. yeah, that that would be sick, man. Because it, it was American Horror Story Freak Show that you were uh, you were on. That's that's right. Yeah. yeah, I was on it for a minute, and then I thought like, oh man, maybe you know they recycle their actors. They use the same actors. Maybe I could come back one day and. Nope, but it's just one of those things, you know. It's it's worth. I think it's worth in your your favor. Your the, their attention is someone like Rob Zombie who has such a connection within the horror fan base. He's a fan at the end of the day, most foremost. But he's also a visionary and and someone that people look up to. So people are aspiring to be like Rob Zombie. Really cool, and I got to meet Josh out of it too, and that led to being able to shoot candy corn, which is cool. And Josh is working on another movie right now. I wish I could talk about it because it's rad. I read it and the script and it's just so fucked up and just so amazing. And I think it's just, I, after, after this project, I won't be able to even talk to Josh no more. (laughs) No, it's set too high. It, it, it it sound, it, 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 it just, it was such a good read. And I just, one of those things where you just kept thinking about it, you know, like even after weeks of reading it, like, oh my God, like how fucked up it was. So I'm uh, pretty excited for like when he's able to actually shoot it. So stoked. That's going to be, that's going to be really exciting. Yeah. Uh, Candy Corn got a lot of, uh, a lot of really good buzz on the the convention circuit. Uh, It seemed like it sort of came out right about the sort of perfect time, I feel like. Um, well, everyone was still able to go to conventions. It had its premiere at a convention. What was your process like for getting into the character of Doctor Death? Uh, was this is it sort of similar with uh, Sickhead and, and Sebastian? Like similar process uh, with Doctor Death. It was more kind of because uh, Josh wanted to him to be more more quiet spoken, but always the dude that knows more than anybody in the room. Right. You know, he's also a product of his environment. You know, he's the leader of a traveling carnival. He inherited this job. And his these people are that travel with him and work for him, you know, are his family or his kids as well, you know, and right. he just will do anything for them. And it took a lot of like kind of like thinking of like, what would I do in this particular situation? It, it made me think of like when I was growing up of being bullied. And now like, being able to play a character that was like able to do something about it, you know, right. and like a really like, just like kind of smart and evil and just fucked up way. And just, uh, so that's kind of like what allowed me and helped me to like, kind of get into that character of Dr. Death and also kind of creating this like inner monologue of like where he came from and what he was all about, you know? And yeah. And then, and then working with Josh, you know, like was just such a, a fun process because he's just like Rob. Like, I mean, I, I feel like I met him when he was, well, I don't feel I, I met him while he was shooting the documentary of 31. So he was with Rob Zombie 24 seven. He, he just saw his process of like how he worked like firsthand. And I think he, and how he worked with his actors, how he talked to them. And I think he learned a lot from Rob. Josh was a good director to work with, man. He, he let you do it your way but he already had in his head of how he already saw it. Right. And so he would, and then he would go and direct you to do it this other way. And then what was cool about that was we did that with all the scenes. And then when I watch it, like there were certain scenes that he, when he edited, he's like, oh, okay, my way didn't work, but Poncho's way did work. So we'll shoot, we'll, we'll edit that one, nice. you know, vice versa, which is uh pretty awesome, you know? that you don't ever, a lot of times you don't work with directors that do that either. You know, they want it their way or the highway, you know? Right. That was a really neat experience. And then being able to work with a really good friend and someone that like, I knew this was like a tiny passion project that started out long time ago when Josh and 
Justin Mabry approached me about it. And then it just got a lot bigger than what it was that ever it was anticipated. So I was uh, happy to be a part of that and just astonished that like we got we got so far. You know, it was like the little the little engine that could. The little yeah, bit. totally. And then as soon as we got Courtney Gaines involved and Tony Todd and, you know, it was it was it was a pretty awesome experience. Josh is like very meticulous with how he shoots and how he wants it mm-hmm. done. Like he's also listening to the score, like as he's shooting the scene, you know, it was really, really cool. It's definitely you can tell when an actor is 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 enjoying their surroundings and the cast that they're with and the, the direction that they're getting because it comes across on, on screen. And you like to show that through the character that you have. You're you're that advocate for that character and their own backstory, like you've you've mentioned. So it's it comes through in every every role that we've sort of discussed here today. Like yeah, no, I feel like I mean if you don't believe what you're saying, then how the hell is anybody else gonna believe it? Oh, right. So true. Right. So true. Yeah, I mean that's kind of a, another way of looking at it as well. I mean, and and just keeping the ground the the, the character grounded. Uh, Josh was very, you know, he didn't want he didn't want it to be gimmicky at all. So right. I, I I appreciate that because a lot of roles that that little people or dwarves that they always have for dwarves or little people they're either like the butt of the joke or like they're usually the characters that are like that you got to like that, that it's like a pity party, you know, and nothing right. against that, you know, I, I just kind of, I was never like that, you know, I went a different, I tried to go a different path and my, my parents raised me well, you know, they raised me the same as they raised my other two younger brothers that are average sized kids. So I didn't, you know, I, I, I feel like that makes a difference as well. And I, I'm like, I don't want to be the pity party. Oh, and I don't want to be like, poor this, poor that. Like, I always had to fight for everything, and, and that's fine, you know, but I also learned from it. So cool to be able to work with these people that kind of see you in that light, and they they're, they want to help you, you know, succeed in that way and not play these stereotypical characters that writers write for you. Yeah. yeah. It's like sometimes I feel like the writers that are writing for little people, like, I mean, a lot of them, I, I, I just don't know, like, where they come up with it, you know, like, it, it just, I, I'm like, there's got to be more, more little people writers, especially like, even like with like, you know, African American films, you know, that, right. the ones that do really well, it's like, they're written by African Americans, uh, movies about like motherhood, you know, mm-hmm. they're written by like women that like, were that are mothers, you know, like, yeah. that's so good. Yeah, so it's like we need to write some more shit. <laughs> we should yeah. write to our own stuff because it, it it would be it just would be better. Because you're writing from the source, writing from from what you know, and that's that's going to elevate oh, it like, tenfold. Yeah, like some of this stuff is like, do you actually know? Like, like that's never happened to me. So like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, you know who is yeah. writing? It's all good. It's and so that's why it's okay for me to play like and do horror movies and do that because I love them, but also you get to kind of lose yourself in them, right? Of course, yeah. Well, I feel like you should lose yourself in any role you play, but that's just my take on it. But sometimes when they're actually having you play like a humane role, a grounded role, this doesn't happen. This has never happened to me. Like it would, it wouldn't happen. Like. I, I, me and my wife have been writing some stuff. So we, uh, we're, we're, we wrote a, a pilot and then we wrote like the second episode of it. It's a comedy romp, romp, rom-com and it's super funny, <laughs> but it's also like the, the story of how we met, you know, and right. what it took to like, you know, keep our love going and how we fell for each other. And, and it's just, it, it's, it, it's like the comedy is just the truth, you know? Right. That's yeah. Think. It's like, we don't have to, make it funny it's gonna be funny i mean the visuals are gonna be funny you know a lot of the stuff we talk about are gonna be funny the circumstances are gonna be funny it's just how how you play it yeah we wrote uh uh, so we're hoping to like you know start getting people to read it and meetings and stuff in there because i think it it would only help oh that's that's amazing congratulations yeah absolutely congrats uh, that's really exciting 
so so you said that kind of like you're, you're writing the pilot in the first episode or the second episode for rom-com um is there like some kind of character that you would love to play that you never got the opportunity to play um is there something out there that's like that you've always wanted to do but you know would like to try to get into um yeah definitely i mean comedy is definitely one of them i i i love comedy but um, I don't think there's something out there that like I've always wanted to play, but what I can tell you is there's a direct there's directors out there that I've always wanted to work with. Oh, okay. For me, one of the directors, as far as like horror, I would love to work with Ari Astar because he's oh. like mind bending and just fucked up. And then I would also love to work with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, oh for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the best. You know, his movies are, are just great. And they're they just, are. And the characters in there, I mean, they're so character driven. I, I, I think those are like the top, the top two right now, as far as like uh, directors that I would love to work with. People that could bring the best out of me. I guess right. that that would be cool seeing you in a Quentin Tarantino movie. I Hell think yeah! Like like it's, it's such uh, like character driven character dog thing, or like just you know just something that it, that that's just badass. Yeah, where I, where I don't die. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> in Rob Zombie films, everyone dies but Sherry, and like a uh, couple other people, but mostly everyone in the film. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be Bill Mosley and it's going to be Sherry, and they're going to be fine. Everyone else done. <laughs> you can wish for a, like a like a. You don't have to wish for you, but you know your death is going to be epic. Oh, for sure. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Two other directors came into my head. Taika Waititi would be an awesome one. Oh, oh yeah. James Gunn would be a good one to work with. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's just, I love that kind of comedy. I, I yes. like, you know, it's, it's just, it's just fun, you know? And then for a raunchy comedy director, Judd Apatow. Oh, for I, sure. I was, that's exactly what I was thinking of in my head when yeah, he said raunchy I mean, comedy. It's edgy, you know, it's fucking, right. I love that. You know, I don't, I don't like censorship on stuff. And a lot of days nowadays, things are, are, are very PC and, and that's fine, mm. but. I feel like those guys always take a chance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Least, you know, there, there was a documentary I saw, and it was about uh, freaks and geeks, and oh, yeah. then it showed just my favorite show. So yeah. fucking good, such yeah. an incredible show, and such young talent that just blossomed. And they did like a mind map of starting from freaks and geeks, where it led to, and I think like all the movies in total grossed like hundreds of billions of dollars at the box office because they were all hugely successful, sprouted off these careers of like Jonah Hill and James Franco, Seth Rogen, Paul Rudd, everyone. And they all just, this huge like massive tree and it all starts with Judd Apatow. So he's literally, his career is built on elevating everyone to the the biggest level possible. That's that's a really good way to look at it. You know, Mm. as far as like, I, I never thought of that and I mean, there's so many people that are in that family tree of like careers that he's just built because his movies were just so successful. Mm -hmm. And nowadays it's really hard unless you're making a TV show to make a funny movie. That's not, that's a blockbuster, you know, that's going to do So that kudos to that guy, man. He's awesome. You're, you're obviously a a skateboarder as well. Um, I was a skateboarder. Um, that's kind of how I made my living through my youth was uh, I became I, I was a professional skateboarder. I got to travel the world and kind of just live my dream doing what I was going to do anyway and, and just get paid, get paid for it. And that was awesome. Yeah, I was a professional skateboarder. I started skating at the age of 12. I became a professional skateboarder at the age of 18. Then I traveled the wow. world at you know, like the age of like 28, 29. And then um, those careers don't last long, you know. Oh yeah, your 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 body's taking a beating, and when you're in it, though, you don't really think of like what you're gonna do next. You just expect it or feel like it's gonna last forever, and it's just not the case. Especially nowadays, kids are getting better quicker and younger, mm-hmm. and that's just kind of how how it is with most sports. So you gotta have a plan B, and acting was definitely my plan B. And it was, it was, it was a hard transition, you know? 
especially to become vulnerable because with skateboarding you can't really be vulnerable you have to be tough right i'm saying that you got to be like you know but you got to be able to take a beating and and keep going keep moving forward and get up and try it again and with acting you got to you got to you got to allow yourself to be vulnerable and to to experience those emotions and do it in front of people and and be truthful and so it was just uh it was hard for me right and you know and you just got to kind of stick stick with it and but skateboarding was definitely my first passion even right. before i found love you know that was my first love was there any uh any professional skateboarders that you find yourself drawn to idolizing when you were younger when you started skating was there anyone that was like um yeah there was a few like this guy named mark gonzalez who's a huge icon legend now tony hawk obviously i mean Mm -hmm. the dude is an icon legend and he's still doing it in the 60s you know he's just skating hard but that's just kind of it it's not like that for everybody you know skateboarding you know like because it just it, it does take a toll on your body there's very few that can just keep going with it and be smart about it like like right. like people like Tony Hawk that like were just great businessmen in general then you had to 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 make a living and, and keep it going you know and i feel like it was it was a good good experience for me it was it was something that uh i learned a lot from and i will always love it and and be down for it but as far as like being able to do it anymore. I've had like three back surgeries. So I can't skateboard. no Damn. more. One of those things where it just really, really took a toll on my body as it does with most people, but it allowed me to like, you know, find something else that, that I, that I'm truly passionate about. And that's it. That's a good thing. You kill it in all the roles, man. So uh, you've definitely found your, your calling and acting for sure. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Absolutely. This has been awesome, man. Thank you guys so much for, for giving me for for chatting me up and you know giving me a conversation. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right. And guys, it was really, really good talking to you guys. Thank it's you. Pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. In these, in these times, like it's always good to, you know, I'm I'm I don't really get to talk to people. For so sure. thank you guys for giving me this opportunity. And I had a blast. And thank you for letting me talk and and vent and speak my mind. Yeah, that was just such a great mood booster, and it really it's going to get us sort of rolling in the right direction. So thank you, honestly. Yes, absolutely, for, thank uh, you so much for, for taking the time. And uh, <laughs> take care. Thank you. You've been listening to Hellhounds of Horror. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Hellhounds of Horror, and don't forget to follow uh, Pancho on social media as well. Uh, his Instagram is at Pancho Moller P. We'll catch your asses down the road, and remember, you know where you can always find us? Deep in the pits of hell.